Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Firewalls Don't Stop Dragons. I've got another great show for you this week. We're going to talk about a few news items. We're going to talk about yet another Adobe Flash bug. Uh, we're going to talk about how some fitness trackers may be revealing covert military bases. Uh, we're going to tell you why it's illegal to cover your license plates in California while you're parked. Uh, and it's that time of year again. It's tax time. Um, and I'm going to talk to you about how to prevent the bad guys from stealing your tax return and much more. So first up, we have yet another Adobe Flash bug. So I've told, <laughs> told you many times on this program that you really just need to get rid of Adobe Flash. It's just horrifically riddled with, with bugs and problems. And it's been a favorite go-to for, for hackers for many years now because it was... It used to be installed all over the place. Flash is that technology on the web that used to be the thing that allowed all those fancy animations and played videos and played music and uh, all the little you know web page widgets, uh, including those really annoying advertisements. You know, shoot the bug, shoot the bug, or you know whatever, trying to get your attention. Uh, you know, it's called Flash for a reason, I guess, because a lot of, a lot of those ads were, you know, desperately trying to get your attention. Uh, anyway, Flash is no longer needed. Uh, the new HTML or Hypertext Markup Language spec, which is the, the language of the Internet. It's what all the web pages are made out of. If you ever uh, go to a web page, if you right-click on that and say View Source, you'll see all the gobbledygook that is HTML and JavaScript that makes up all the web pages you see. Uh, so behind the scenes, it's all, it's all this code. Uh, anyway, HTML5, uh, the latest spec, basically supplants... Uh, Adobe Flash. It's no longer needed, but there's still a lot of old websites that hang on to it. And unfortunately, um, these websites or ads that are based on Adobe Flash are prime targets for hackers. They like to slip malware into these things. And if your web browser is using them, or you're not careful, uh, you could get infected. So anyway, uh, Krebs on Security, which is a uh, Brian Krebs is a great security researcher. He runs a really good blog. Uh, I'll just uh, quote you briefly here what, what they're saying from Adobe. Uh, it says, a critical vulnerability exists in Adobe Flash Player 28.0.0.137 and earlier versions. Successful exploitation could potentially allow an attacker to take control of the affected system. Adobe is aware of a report that an exploit for this exists in the wild and is being used in limited targeted attacks against Windows users. These attacks leverage Office documents with embedded malicious Flash content distributed via email. Adobe will address this vulnerability in a release planned for the week of February 5th. So basically by the time you hear this, the, the, the bug fix should be out. But again, uh, my, my advice to everybody is basically just uninstall Adobe Flash. Uh, so go to your whatever browser that you use. Uh, if it's Firefox or Safari or Opera or Internet Explorer, go to your add-ons or extensions, wherever uh, menu. And if, if you see Adobe Flash in there, just you could you can start by disabling it if you want, uh, but I would just remove it. Most sites don't need it now. My personal um, strategy on this that I've talked to uh, talked about before on this show is uh, I use Firefox for for everything. Uh, it's my go-to browser, and I do not have Flash installed on on Firefox. But if I need Flash, if I find some website that just will not work without Adobe Flash, um, and I bound to determine to use that website, then I will launch Google's Chrome browser. Um, which has Flash built in. And the nice thing about that is Google makes a point of keeping Flash up to date. Um, so you can also set Chrome, by the way, uh, and it should be this way by default, but um, it doesn't automatically play anything with Flash now, which is smart. 
Um, but uh, you can double check this setting. If you do use Chrome um, and you want to check this, you go to the little you know, little address bar there and where it says and you know where you'd normally put HTTP colon whatever blah blah blah. Instead, put Chrome C H R O M E colon slash slash settings slash content. Uh, if you put that in the hit return, it will basically uh, give you uh, access to some internal settings. And if you find Flash in there, um, you should see it set to uh, ask uh, every time. So basically, whenever some website has a Flash thing on it, it will say, hey, do you want to play this? And you can say yes or no. And normally you would say no. Um, anyway, so Adobe has yet another bug. And... and uh, it's just time just it's just time to get rid of flash so that's my advice on that moving on this was a really interesting story um there's a company called strava i'd personally never heard of them but i guess i'm not a runner either so maybe that's why or a biker uh these guys make it's a fitness company and they make a, a social media app uh, that allows people to track what they do outdoors, runners, bikers, others uh, that do outdoor exercises with this app on their phones or devices, their fitness trackers, report their real-time data with GPS coordinates. Um, and Strava collects all this data and makes it public so that people can kind of see where some popular running paths are, or running, or maybe some popular biking paths, or, you know, it might just kind of interesting. They just want to be able to show, these are all the people that are using our service, and here's where they're running. Okay, that's cute. Um, and they publish what they call a heat map, which is, you know, basically if you took everybody's running path uh, and every time they ran they're using this app uh, and plotted on a map, like, you know, like a tracer, you know, like uh, wherever they went, you drew a line um, and kind of let that build up over time. You could see where the popular paths were uh, on this heat map. And so... They do this every so often. They publish this map, and it's the entire the entire planet, the entire, entire globe. And uh, apparently, there's many people in the U.S. military that use this app or <laughs> and report their running stuff. Well, the problem with that is there are several bases that are either secret completely, like they're not even supposed to be on the map. In fact, you know, they usually go to like you know Google Earth and Apple Maps and say, "Okay, guys." You know, you're not allowed to put this on your satellite maps of the planet. You know, we don't want people seeing what's going on here. So, you know, don't do not do that. And, of course, it's a military base. These companies usually comply. Uh, this whole Strava thing completely bypassed that. So you could now see all of a sudden in the middle of Afghanistan, there's these little bright spots um, where the the military personnel on these bases have been running and tracking their their the running paths using Strava. Uh even if these bases are known, even if they're like, you know, not covert bases, they often still don't want uh, the bad guys to know like what the street layouts are and, you know, what the perimeter looks like and things like that. And of course, that's where a lot of these running pads are. So anyway, long story short, the government's going to have to reevaluate its policies on using these these apps on their bases, particularly, I'm guessing, these covert forward bases uh, around the planet because, unless you change the default settings on this app, and you can, by the way, and this is Strava's point, unless you change the default settings, it's going to upload this data and Strava's going to say, okay, that's now public data. Um, so anyway, if nothing else, these guys need to be opting out. I don't, I don't, don't really fault Strava here. This is just a service that they offer and it's a social media thing. And uh, But I think the, the key point to take away from this is that privacy matters and there's metadata matters. These are things you don't think about when you're, oversharing all this data all the time. 
you know, who would have thought that a fitness tracking app that, you know, conveniently plots popular running and biking trails could actually reveal covert military bases? Well, that's these are the kind of interactions that we're just not thinking about when we're doing this. You know, even though all this data is anonymized, even though it doesn't have names attached, and even unfortunately, though, I think some of these do. But anyway, even if it's anonymized, just the fact that this data exists has given away secrets that uh, our military was not very happy about. And we do this stuff all the time because of all this amazing amounts of data that we just blithely let our applications report on our behalf, you could start drawing all sorts of inferences from these things. And, uh, you know, that's why we just got to dial it back. We've just got to pay more attention to how much data we're producing and who, who we're allowing to, to have that data. All right. Speaking of privacy, we got one more news story this week. Um, there was a bill in California um, that was set to allow people to cover up their license plates while their cars were parked. Now, obviously, when you're driving around and you're using your vehicle, we have license plates for a reason. So, the, you know, so a cop can see you go by or we could take pictures as you go through a toll booth or, uh, you know, traffic light cameras, uh, things like this. We, you know, while you're operating your vehicle, that license plate is there to uniquely identify you, uh, your car and the driver. But why would we need that available while we're parked? Uh, here's the problem. So this is the thing now. We have businesses whose service is driving around with cameras that are taking pictures of all of our license plates and recording when and where they found them. There's a company called Vigilant that's one of the leading companies doing this. Um, and according to an article in The Atlantic a couple of years ago, they had already amassed over 2 billion license plate photos. And they were adding about 80 million more every month. And uh, the current count, current estimates are that it's up to 100 million a month. These guys are just driving around periodically because it's not enough to do it once. You just, you, want, you just need to keep doing it, right? And finding out where everybody is at any time because they, you know, you could map your license plate to the driver, uh, the owner of the vehicle, um, and then selling this data. Now they're selling it in a lot of cases to law enforcement and intelligence agencies. Now, if these agencies had gone out and tried to get these things directly themselves, there probably would be an uproar saying, Hey, you know, why are the cops, you know, snooping on everybody all the time? But since they're not doing it directly, they're purchasing, purchasing it from a third party. It basically flies under the radar. And there's actually a law in California that says you can you cannot cover up your license plate while your car is parked. Now, here's the twist. You can actually cover your entire vehicle, including your license plate, with a, with a tarp or a cover or whatever to protect it from the elements. That's legal. <laughs> but, but to only cover your license plate is not legal in California. There was a bill, SB 7, uh, 712, uh, that was up for a vote. Uh, and it had some bipartisan support to change this law, to allow people to protect their privacy while they're out and about. Uh, the EFF statement on this, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, goes something like this. Uh, this measure was a simple way to empower people to protect information about where they parked their cars, be it an immigration resource center, a reproductive health center, a marijuana dispensary, a place of worship, or a gun show. Uh, the point being, there's you might not think about it, but there's 
there's a lot of situations where you might not want people to always know where you are. Um, and so, you know, they would, this seems like a common sense thing, you know, let people, you know, combat these automatic license plate readers, um, by, you know, protect, you know, covering their license plate while they're parked. Now the law said that, you know, it should still be easy to lift up the cover and see the plate. So if a cop was, you know, looking up your particular car for some reason, uh, maybe it was, you know, parked illegally or a uh, meter ran out or whatever, and they need to get your license plate information, the cop can lift it up and look at it. But if it allowed you to protect, to cover your plate, then you're at least protected from these automatic license plate reading companies driving around and keeping track of where you are all the time. Um, from this article in Naked Security's blog, uh, which is Sophos's blog, it says, quote, without the ability to legally cover your license plates, businesses can continue to send ALPRs, that's automatic license plate readers, mounted on vehicles driving up and down streets to document the travel patterns of drivers to take photos of every license plate they see, to timestamp and location stamp those photos, to upload them to a central database, and to sell the data to lenders, insurance companies, and debt collectors. And, of course, law enforcement, which we've already talked about. So... I don't know what to tell you folks, but we, <laughs> our privacy is eroding daily. Uh, and this is just yet another example of how silly this is. And the law was, and the California law was defeated because law enforcement agencies and some other lobbyists basically convinced them that they need this information. Um, you know, so, you know, why don't they just, you know, tag every one of us with a GPS tag and track everything we do? I, what, I'm sure that makes law enforcement easier, but the trade-off in privacy is just not worth it. All right. Well, anyway, I hate to get all worked up about privacy, but I this stuff drives me crazy. Anyway, it's, I thought it was a really interesting story uh, and just a, yet another example of how privacy matters and and how we're slowly losing control of all of our data. Okay, and finally, our tip of the week: where it's that time of year again. It is tax time, tax season, uh, one that we all look forward to. Um, but with the rise in identity theft and online tax filings and things like that, the, the, the bad guys out there have found, as always, uh, creative ways to take our money, uh, or take money from somebody. Uh, and one of the big, uh, new avenues for this attack is tax return fraud. And so this is where, uh, the bad guys impersonate you and file a tax return on your behalf and have the check sent to them. Uh, so basically they work up your taxes so that you get a big tax return. They file your taxes on, uh, your taxes for you, uh, and they get that return check and cash it and they're gone. And then when you go to file your taxes, the IRS is like, uh, Oh, you've already filed your taxes and we already sent you the check. Didn't you get it? <laughs> so, um, so what do you, what do we do about this? How do we prevent someone else from, if they've, especially in, in wake of things like the Equifax breach last year, uh, where so much of our data has, has been stolen and has been made available to the bad guys, it's so much easier to, to impersonate people. I'm going to have to guess that this year the tax fraud, uh, tax return fraud is going to just go through the roof. Um, so, you know, what do we do to protect ourselves? Unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot you can do other than to try to beat the bad guys to filing their return for you. Um, I'm sure that they're not waiting. So, and they're, <laughs> they're going to try to file as soon as they can. So, Unfortunately, the only really advice we have right now is to try to do it as soon as possible. Um, now, if you've been a victim of identity theft already, um, and 
you have filed with the IRS this thing called an identity theft affidavit, which is form 14039 for those uh, taking notes, um, then they will have established for you what they call um, an identity protection pin uh, or an IP pin. And so I think once you start down that path, you will get one every year. And basically they will mail you your pin code uh, for you to do your electronic filing every year. And without that pin code, you can't do your electronic filing. The, the idea being that the bad guys will not be getting that pin and they will not be able to file on your behalf. But currently, uh, and this I think this may have to change this year after all the Equifax stuff, currently there's no way that you can just ask for a pin. You have to qualify. And the only way to qualify is if you've already been uh, the victim of identity theft, which in my mind means it's already too late. <laughs> you should have been able to do this beforehand. Uh, apparently also, for some reason, if you did a, uh, if you filed your return last year in either Florida or Georgia or the um, uh, Washington, D.C., apparently those people can get pins. I don't know why they're any different than anybody else, but apparently if you, if you did file a federal tax return for one of those three locations, you can request uh, an IP pin. Um, or I guess uh, under some circumstances, maybe if the IRS or the government already believes that you've been a victim of identity theft, they can send, they some will send some people uh, a letter inviting inviting you to opt in to this program. And if you got one of those, I'd certainly recommend you do it. I, I think that we're going to have to get to the point where everybody can just do this if they want to. But currently, that's not the case. So your only other protection is to just to get your taxes done early um, and get those filed right away. Uh, so that you don't you give the bad guys less time if they've got your identity information to impersonate you and do it uh, get in before you. Uh, I know that's not terribly comforting, but right now that that is where we're at. And as long as we're talking about taxes, we should also make a point of saying that this is now that it's tax tax time. This is the time when the bad guys are out there trying to get your 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 identity information and trying to trick you into. Either giving up your your information, which would allow them to do the tax fraud thing we just talked about, or uh, pretending to be the IRS, uh, either in an email or in a via phone call, and saying, you know, we've got a real bad, pro- you know, you've got a real problem with your taxes. You've you know violated some laws, your penalties, and if you don't pay them right now, you know, we're gonna send the cops off to arrest you or something. Um, those happen. Uh, people are getting calls. People are getting emails, these threatening calls and emails saying that if they don't pay up right now, uh, they're in deep, they're in big trouble. And that is not how the IRS works. So if you, if you were to get some sort of email or, or a phone call, no matter how official it sounds, if they're telling you that you need to pay right now or else just hang up, uh, call the IRS directly. If you have any questions whatsoever, uh, call the IRS, hang up, call the IRS directly and tell them what happened. Uh, and they'll tell you if something's going on. If, and if that was really them, then you'll just call them back and you'll talk to them. Um, but, uh, if it was a scam, they'll want to know about it. Um, so you can give them f- the information and hopefully that will help them to stop these guys, uh, from calling other people. Uh, if it was a bad email, there's actually, um, um, you can forward the email off to a specific address. That address is phishing at irs.gov. That's P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G at irs.gov. So if you get a suspicious email, um, you can also help them out by just forwarding it to that email address so that they know about it and they can maybe take some action based on that. So warn your family, warn, warn your relatives, particularly maybe some of your older relatives about these things. I think they tend to be the, the victims in, uh, in most of these cases. Spread the word. Uh, 
that uh, these things are coming and to be careful. Uh, and while we're at it, one last thing, um, another government program that is also subject to identity theft, and this is something you can do a little something about, is the Social Security Administration. Another type of identity fraud is where um, folks uh, convince the Social Security Administration that they are you and that they want to pull dis, you know, disability benefits or they want to survivor benefits or um, they want to re- start pulling their retirement stuff early. And they will call pretending to be you and have money start being sent to them. And so it could be a rude awakening when you just suddenly don't get your Social Security check. Or this even if you haven't applied for Social Security yet, this is a problem because they can start pulling it early uh, on your behalf. And by the time you go to, to, to get your payments started, they're like, uh, you've already been getting your payments. So you, the, the best way to combat that is you can go and set up your account right now. So go to the Social Security Administration, go for the... I think it's my SSA. Uh, if you do a search on my SSA, uh, you'll you'll be taken to the website where you can set up your account. Go set up your account right now. Even if you're not going to be planning to pull your Social Security for many years to come, go set up your account. And while you're in there and you set up your account and you set your password, uh, also use their two-factor authentication system. And uh, that should lock out the bad guys and prevent them from beating you to the punch and taking and opening that account in your name and uh, taking your Social Security money. All right. A lot about fraud today, unfortunately. And again, with the Equifax breach from last year, my guess is we're going to see this stuff go through the roof. So be proactive. Get out there. uh, Protect yourself where possible and uh, take this advice. Uh, I've got some more notes um, that you can look at in the show notes today, including a a pointer to a blog article that has all these links and things if you'd like to get them from there. Take a look at that. Send it to your friends and family. Make sure that they... um, they're aware of these things as well. Uh, this will also be covered in my newsletter. So um, that, tell folks to sign up for the newsletter. They'll get this stuff that way too. And that's it for this week. Uh, we've got a couple great interview shows coming up soon. Stay tuned for those. Uh, the first one you'll get is from uh, Daniel Davis from DuckDuckGo. That should probably come out later this week. Uh, and then soon after that, we've got another great uh, interview with Patrick uh, Patrick Wardle. Uh, another great interview. Uh, first time I've talked to Patrick. He was an ex-NSA hacker. That is another fun one. So stay tuned for those. And uh, until next week, as always, don't get caught with your drawbridge now. Take care.